Navarre gives to Perry. Perry through the middle. Touchdown, Michigan! And the Wolverines have won it in overtime. Michigan wins by a score of 27 to 24. And the team storms the field to mob Chris Perry. WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor, WCBN.org. Grabs on to attempt it for the Wolverines. Holds her breath, Ann Arbor, as Navarre gets set. Places down, kick is up. It's long enough. It's good! It's good! Michigan wins the game! Michigan shocks Washington, and the Wolverines are victorious! is on. It's on 88.3 FM, WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor's 24-hour open-minded radio surprise pudding. Licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan, operated by students at the University of Michigan, uniquely maintained as a healthy alternative and a positive influence on the mental health of the Ann Arbor community. You are here. Well, it's time for Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And obviously uh, a monumental uh, week. In fact, I would say that you could uh, argue that the last 10 days are the 10 days that shook America. (laughs) Started with the Haitian earthquake that uh, some experts are now estimating a quarter of a million dead. Um, We'll never know. But as I uh, commented last week, this is sort of a combination of Dresden and Nagasaki, uh, except there's no functioning government to rely on. And uh, unfortunately, America is uh, going to be stuck with the the logistics, just about everything. Um, Well, indeed, Nagasaki is an accurate comparison because uh, the geological surveys are suggesting that enough energy was released to uh, be the equal of a half megaton uh, nuclear bomb. Yep, and that's what one uh, witness said. It looked like Haiti had been hit by a couple of nuclear bombs, and of course it's the the stone construction, and they have stone construction there, by the way, because of the hurricanes. Right. <laughs> you can't build wood houses or uh, uh, anything less than concrete, but obviously the buildings that are standing are the ones that were built for Americans, the American embassy, uh, reinforced concrete. 
So obviously any rebuilding of Haiti is going to have to take that into consideration. And this is a story that will not go away for quite some time. Wow. Well, and uh, it's interesting how sometimes the actual geological facts of the ground, on the ground, uh, strangely parallel the history, the haunted and uh, crippling history that Haiti has suffered. Yeah. Really. I mean, uh, the island of Hispaniola... Uh, is actually located between two major tectonic plates, the North American and the Caribbean plates, which, according to Mike Blanpaid of the U.S. Geological Survey, uh, says that these two plates, North American and the Caribbean, shear, crush, and grind the island of Hispaniola. And to me, it's astonishing that uh, in the days that have passed since this uh, tragedy has occurred, that not that much attention has really been spent on the origins of Haiti's crippling poverty. Yeah. That, uh, not enough, anyway. Not enough. There has been some, of course. But uh, France uh, owes a unique debt uh, to the country and the people of Haiti. The, the, very, idea, the very idea that uh, a country which wins its independence somehow owes its former colonial overlords cash payments for property lost of course, in the early 1800s, when this situation occurred with the uh, Haitian Revolution, uh, France was able to uh, successfully embargo the country, and the U.S. at that time was either too weak or not interested in uh, turning against its revolutionary ally of France. Uh, to and, it, and it went along with the embargo because of the fear of the slave revolt slave, yeah. spreading to America. In, indeed. So there were a number of reasons why the U.S., uh, did nothing. Uh, and the idea that Haiti uh, was bled dry by France until the 1930s, when they finally paid off uh, supposedly what they owed the French, is uh, mind-numbingly uh, criminal. And yeah, cruel. And, and of course it foreshadowed the current third world debt situation with the IMF and uh, ironically New York banks, yeah. as well as uh, other international banking institutions. Uh, fortunately, I think there is a sort of unified sense that uh, uh, the debts need to be canceled to some degree, uh, forgiven. Uh, France has actually officially forgiven the debt. Uh, other countries remain mute. Um, and uh, rebuilding Haiti is going to be a monumental task, to say the least. I mean, just clearing the rubble. I, the, the one city, I, I still forgot to write it down, where they said that 90% of the buildings collapsed yeah. on the uh, southern shore there is, uh, is staggering. And, of course, there's also been the uh, deforestation of Haiti, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the... Uh, Hispaniola was once the richest island in the Caribbean. Yeah, because of its size, and it's ironic that um, the Spanish, of all people, who, of course, uh, literally killed millions of people uh, in the slave trade, they uh, exploited slavery uh, to the utmost uh, throughout the entire... On three uh, separate continents. <laughs> ...hemisphere. Yeah. Uh, northern, central, and southern, and of course that the legacy that remains is the language. But uh, France and Spain went in different directions around that time, or w actually well before that. Of course, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> but uh, Spain kind of went into the Dark Ages and declined as a world power in 1588, as uh, any uh, student of British history knows. And France uh, participated actively in the Enlightenment. 
the modern development of democratic government, many of the ideas Indeed. that the United States employed to write its constitution uh, came from the French. Um, separation of powers, that sort of thing. And it was the scientific revolution and the industrial revolution that uh, Germany, France, and Britain in particular, as along with the Dutch, and the Italians to a lesser extent participated in while Fran uh, Spain remained uh, shackled by the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's good to see that Americans are participating in, uh, in relief, but to give you an idea of, uh, oh, I don't know, they, I think they've said that $200 million has been donated uh, from cell phone uh, uh, contributions, and right. uh, some American corporations have donated money, uh, including Wall Street. <laughs> yes, we're devoting our earnings today to Haitian earthquake relief. Mighty, mighty white of you. <laughs> but um, leaving all that aside, to give you an idea of the misplaced priorities here in the United States as uh, America is sort of imbued with this bizarre anger, which we can get to in a second. Um, since Scott Brown, and uh, let me just say this, Brownie, hell of a job. Uh, hell, hell of a job. Hell of a job. Um, since Scott Brown won um, the senatorial race just uh, a week ago, the United States has spent about $20 billion uh, on defense spending the wars in Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan. <clears throat> and this gives you an idea of how paltry uh, Haitian relief is in comparison to this. And of course, who's donating the money? Uh, the United States is obviously, uh, the government itself has pledged money and is contributing uh, military uh, and uh, humanitarian relief services as best they can. And I, I don't mean to say that there shouldn't be some examination or criticism, but the, the conditions in Haiti are just astronomical. Let's remember that the main port was completely destroyed. Right. You couldn't unload cargo for uh, several days. And the Well, then even back up for a second from the effects of the earthquake. Even before the earthquake, Haiti was probably one of the worst places in the world to be born on. Yeah. And communications are in disarray. Before the earthquake. Before so the earthquake. There's all sorts of infrastructural weaknesses, shortcomings, and uh, failures before the earthquake, and this just only magnifies and intensifies. Yeah, and, and a system of, of economic disparity and deregulation, virtually no regulation regarding building uh, building codes and whatnot, mm -hmm. contributed to the, the catastrophe. And as I pointed out last week, let's remember that 70,000 people died in the Chinese earthquake just a year ago. Yeah. Now, China didn't uh, bring in outside economic aid. They sent in the People's Army. <laughs> Uh, it's estimated, by the way, that the Chinese uh, military uh, had somewhere between half a million and a million people dealing with that Sichuan earthquake mm -hmm. that uh, killed so many people and uh, destroyed people. And the infrastructure situation there is, is uh, dire, and uh, it's highly unlikely that anybody buried uh, in the rubble at this point will ever survive. And it's, of course, troubling to learn about mass graves and, uh, you know, burning of piles of corpses and whatnot, but that just simply has to happen uh, in the name of sanity and sanitation. Indeed. Uh, speaking of sanity and sanitation, uh, I don't want to say that this response has been refreshing, but certainly not too surprising, and one would hope that uh, 
President Obama might even make reference to some of this. Certainly his spokespeople have. But some of the rhetoric coming from the right wing in response to the earthquake is astonishing. Uh, uh, yeah, I gave Pat and yeah, uh, I, I, I wasn't here last yeah, week, right. so I didn't get a chance to comment on that. But you, I mean, just I'm going to read the quotes again because they're so bizarre. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, the nominal head of the Republican Party, is uh, worth uh, attacking that on, says that we've already donated to Haiti. It's called U.S. income tax. It's just one of his comments. Pat Robertson's is the more egregious and. Why anybody takes that man seriously at all, there needs to be a thorough tax investigation of that guy. I mean, when you, you hear the quote, it sounds like the language of a guy who owns uh, diamond mines in uh, former Zaire, which, of course, he does. Yeah. And uh, he built this uh, empire, a financial empire of broadcasting and uh, <laughs> diamond mine outlets off of uh, contributions from... Uh, Elderly folks. Well, he's a corporation disguised as a church. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, that sounds like fraud to me. And he can now, according to the Supreme Court, spend any amount of money he wants to on any election anywhere in America. Because his speech is being imperiled. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the guy owns uh, the 700 Club Network, right? Uh, family Channel. Uh, family Network, whatever it's called. Anyway, his uh, comments are just so bizarre. Uh, he claims that Haiti made a pact with the devil, uh, dating back to the slave revolt. They, the Haitian rebels, and this is the quote, they said, presumably to Satan, we will serve you if you will get us free from the French. True story. And so the devil said, okay, it's a deal. I like how he sort of paraphrases and speaks for the devil there. Uh, but how that guy can wake up in the morning and think of himself as a Christian at all is really... You know, beyond the pale. Yeah, and for him to then throw in Napoleon the Third, which was like <laughs> uh, wrong Napoleon, Pat. Uh, Napoleon was Bugs Bunny's nemesis in the cartoons. <laughs> Napoleon the oh, Third was right. was connected to the, the Revolution of eighteen forty eight that you'd think he'd know something about. But yeah, yeah indeed, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh later uh, blamed uh, Haiti's situation on communism. Mm, yeah, which. I, I keep forgetting <laughs> like the Tonton Makut killed any communists in Haiti back in the 60s. Well, and, and Papa Doc and Baby Doc were actually kept in power largely by the American government right. because of anti-communism, Pat. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rush. Uh, I suggested that uh, Pat Robertson be dropped uh, <coughs> from a, a C-130 airplane somewhere in the Indian Ocean to see if he's made of flesh or wood. <laughs> And then it occurred to me that Rush Limbaugh would be a better suspect for such um, banishment from the United States of America because uh, he could be an island into himself. Until, <laughs> <laughs> of course, global warming. Uh, part of the Micronesian archipelago. Consumes his blubber. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pat Robertson, after all, this is the man who stood up and on national TV at a Republican convention uh, suggested uh, in front of all the cameras that women in the workplace was a sign of lesbianism and therefore witchcraft. Yeah. So. Well, and his, his claim that, that, that Obama is donating to Haiti and helping Haiti to mend fences between the dark-skinned and light-skinned African-Americans is just so bizarre. It, it borders on, <laughs> on insanity. I keep wondering when Rush Limbaugh is going to be arrested and uh, taken to the place that he belongs, the funny farm. He's not funny. He is crazy. He's Indeed. wacky, and he needs uh, 
mental counseling. Yeah. Well, for listeners out there who are curious and interested and would like to read some more about Haiti, uh, a great novel, and one of his better novels by Graham Greene called The Comedians. If you've not read The Comedians, yeah. uh, this might be a good time to do so. Uh, it'll really, in a very entertaining way, give you a, a good glimpse at why uh, Haiti is so poorly off. And a entertaining movie. Uh, yeah, well. the film is quite good. Yeah, Burr Lives and Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor's in some very underrated movies. Don't think of her just as a femme fatale. Yeah, she is a good actor. Her her performance in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is, I think, one of the greatest oh. acting performances of all time. But enough uh, celebrity talk. We have a new celebrity in our midst, Scott Brown. <laughs> Apparently his qualifications, and I, I'm going to be open-minded on this guy. I mean, the teabaggers got behind him, and I guess they didn't know that he voted for the Mitt Romney mandatory health care program in mm. Massachusetts. Uh, he's pro-choice. <laughs> um, they went down to Washington on Friday to celebrate his arrival, only to discover that he actually isn't part of the right-wing uh, establishment. He's more like Olympia Snow than uh, Mitch McConnell and... Uh, Shelby Corker and McConnell, the law firm that represents the Republican Party, <laughs> the corporation that will soon be in charge. Indeed, Barack Obama may be the last human being actually elected to be the president of the United States. <laughs> the Supreme Court has bizarrely ruled that corporation speech is imperiled in America by uh, campaign finance laws, confusing Bribery and speech is uh, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, and overthrowing 100 over 100 years of established congressional and Supreme Court recognition that uh, unfettered uh, corporate donations to, to campaigns can amount to bribery, and in fact is bribery or the threat of money. Right. Indeed, the corporation may not need not even donate; they may only need to go in and. Uh, tell the elected representative that uh, if they don't vote our way, if you don't vote our way, uh, see this pile of cash here? <laughs> it's going to your opponent. And we've seen this uh, here in Michigan. Uh, Myers is still uh, mired in a lawsuit over uh, illegal corporate campaign donations as they sought to recall a township group of people that denied them a zoning oh, right. permit. Yeah. This is the type of influence <clears throat> that uh, we have not yet, well, to paraphrase John Paul Jones, we have not yet begun to fight. And corporations may be slow to get into the mix, but uh, briefly back to Scott Brown. Um, he won for a variety of reasons, so over-interpreting these results, as the media is simplistically doing, is... Uh, bordering on the bazaar, and I predicted that uh, Coakley would lose last week on this show. Uh, why did he win? First of all, special election. Secondly, Coakley forgot to campaign. Mm. She actually took a vacation in the midst of this special election for two weeks. Indeed, she was in the Caribbean when the Christmas bombing happened. That helped Scott Brown. He uh, brought up the bloody flag of terrorism again as a reason to vote for him and not the Democrats. Uh, outside money. Uh, it was amazing to see on PBS the uh, state party chairman of the uh, Republican Party 
admit to the fact that Australians and Canadians were working for Scott Brown. <laughs> the Canadians were outraged that America would be contemplating health care reform. And they crossed the border to prevent it from happening. And Glenn, Gwen Eiffel's jaw dropped at this revelation. And then I think the Republican woman, who I should give a brain damage to, but I didn't write her name down, um, quickly changed her talking point. <laughs> um, Sports Talk Radio worked uh, for Scott Brown because of the infamous Kurt Schilling gaffe. Mm. And by the way, there's a Democrat uh, contemplating running for governor who apparently doesn't know who the Red Wing captain is. <laughs> so he's done. <laughs> because uh, Sports Talk Radio there's, uh, is an is, is a interest group. It's angry white men. They're angry by about and large sports. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they'll talk about anything. But politicians can, <clears throat> and political talk can get into the discussion because once uh, Martha Coakley didn't know who Kurt Schilling was, um, callers kept calling in and said, we have to stop the madness. <laughs> uh, there was a certain amount of anti-feminism involved. Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell uh, accurately pointed out that the Menino-Boston political machine stayed out of the race. They didn't like the results from the primary and realized that Scott Brown would be running for re-election in 2012, and they thought that if Coakley won, she'd have the seat forever. They didn't want her to win, so support was withdrawn. Ground troops not there. The general angst and anger of the American voters, and certainly TV visuals. The reason I predicted Brown would win was he looked like a winner. Coakley looked like a loser. All you had to do was look at their demeanor. She looked like a mouse. And she turned out to be worse than a mouse. She was a shrew. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, the teabaggers showed up. And uh, this uh, invoked... With their madcap fun. <laughs> the Boston Tea Party. And their hats. <laughs> and their angry rhetoric. And their racist signs and the whole not uh, thing and, and whatnot. Politics, of course, is a, a, about communication. Coakley was not warm. Brown was. That's called television. Mm. He was good on TV. She was a disaster. His credentials also included that his wife was a TV news uh, person in the Boston area, and his daughter had appeared on American Idol. And then in his victory speech, he offered his daughter up to the American male public. <laughs> she now has thousands of friends on Facebook. Oh, yay. <laughs> and boy, she is a cutie. Uh, just off the record here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I won't do uh, the, other one, the other one, but, yeah, the hot one is, whoo, she's hot. The beer summit didn't help in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts is a, uh, is a Democratic state, but it, it has ugly uh, racist uh, politics that go back to the busing era um, that uh, all you got to do is... <laughs> Look at the court order desegre uh, desegregation orders uh, from the 70s, and you'll know that there are a lot of angry Irishmen in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, pickup trucks versus Volvos. This fits into the perfect um, sort of narrative that we keep hearing over and over, that the Democrats are elites and the right. Republicans are for the working man. So that pickup truck really worked for Scott Brown. It was a perfect uh, thing. Good prop. 
perfect. The, Chris, uh, the Christmas bombing attempt uh, hurt Coakley. She was on vacation. Scott Brown was talking about terrorism. And the Haitian earthquake did not help the Democratic Party. Well, and, and there's also... Uh, that analysis will continue uh, this year. The sort of Kennedy exhaustion, too. I yeah. think that uh, there probably are some, you know, long-time... Republican voters who say, you know, finally a chance to have a Republican senator. Well, and it's not as Democratic a state as people realize. The other observation that I made last week is that Kennedy did was an aggressive campaigner. In fact, Very in American so. history, he's one of the best campaigners that's ever been in politics. That's why he won 70 percent of the vote. People knew where he stood. He knew how to get out at the ballparks and sweat uh, with the uh, yep. lumpen proletariat. Martha Coakley, as I said, she looked like a shrew hiding for cover. <laughs> yeah, it's no way to run for the Senate. No, you have to be willing to have a beer with the boys down at, uh, isn't Cheers in Boston? Uh, yeah. I, it's the mythical bar, but I digress. So, uh, Brownie, hell of a job. He just simply out-campaigned her. And uh, bigger significance, I think, is being vastly overstated. I don't think it's, the, you know, the Democrats need to tremble or worry about this nonsensical, mythical 60-vote margin because it's been a disaster from day one. And the first order of business, in my opinion, should be removing Joe Lieberman uh, as a uh, chairman. <laughs> we don't need your vote anymore, Joe. So uh, go up here on television with John McCain whose uh, profound statement in response to the Supreme Court ruling, I am disappointed. <laughs> and this, of course, is in reference to one of the, uh, by the way, Keith Olbermann's uh, special comment on this uh, development uh, that happened on Thursday was, I think, maybe the best 10 minutes of television I've ever seen, other than some of the Monty Python antics. Uh, he hits the nail on the head. This is a. This is going to change uh, politics forever, and for the um, Supreme Court, by a five to four ruling, to be confused about what free speech is and what advertising is, um, or that corporations are some somehow imperiled, is so bizarre that it <laughs> boggles the imagination. You know, we're talking here. This the 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 the. the, the corporations previous to this there were limits on what corporations could give in terms of spending because it was viewed as bribery right and uh, what the supreme court had previously upheld was there couldn't be spending limits on campaigns in other words your um fundraising could not be curtailed by law. You could pass special uh, limitations on individual and corporate donations. And of course, this is not to say that corporate money hasn't been insidiously involved in politics heretofore. It has. Um, the idea that there's no evidence to prove this is uh, an article that appears in uh, the Sunday New York Times by David Kirkpatrick is ludicrous. I mean, what about the entire 19th century after the Civil yeah. War. A um, <clears throat> couple of famous lines about uh, money and politics. I think it was H.L. Mencken who said, a good politician once bought stays bought. Ernest Hollings once said, 
$3,000 isn't a campaign contribution. It's an insult. <laughs> and Mark Hanna said that there are two important things in politics, money, and I can't remember what the other thing is. Uh, checks and balances are out the window. Well, It's now checks and money. And it, a tangible example of this, by the way, was recently in, uh, I believe it was Kentucky, a Supreme Court justice ruled against a mining company in a, a particular case regarding pollution. That mining company then funneled $3 million into a state su court Supreme State court supreme court race to get rid of the guy and put their man in these uh these problems are only going to and this is going to affect every election in every possible city potentially and uh, again it uh the specter of uh, lost opportunities to reform the electoral system uh People, uh, you know, on the left, progressives have been arguing for years that we need to move towards the campaign season's way too long here. We need to move towards yeah. a shorter campaign season. Yeah. We need to move away from uh, funding and corporate sponsorship of candidates altogether and have free TV time, more debates, not these puffy feel-good opportunities with a rotating camera swinging around Sarah Palin's ass. Uh, <laughs> we need to have uh, actual elections that are not sort of uh, popularity contests mm -hmm. with uh, the biggest cash bag, you know, often determining the winner. So uh, is this opportunity gone forever? Who knows? But uh, this is not a good development. Not at all. And uh, time will tell on this. And obviously there are ways to fight back against this uh, absolutely terrible ruling. So Let's give the brain damage award to uh, the usual suspects. Uh, of course, the interesting thing about this ruling is that it was Kennedy who's the swing vote. Mm. Uh, Sotomayor voted uh, with the liberals. Um, Kennedy determines the outcome of Supreme Court cases in these five to four cases. Yeah. He votes with the liberals sometimes and against uh, the liberals other times. And the replacement of uh, Sandra Day O'Connor on the Supreme Court by... Alito, uh, also known as Scalito, is part of why this, uh, why Kennedy is now the key vote mm -hmm. and uh, why elections matter. Uh, let's remember that this Supreme Court that ruled five to four on this issue, throwing out uh, one, oh, I don't know, three important rulings over American, one, two, three, four, Four uh, uh, Supreme Court rulings and several laws that will be affected by this, um, these, these were all put into power by Republicans. Kennedy and uh, Scalia were uh, put in by Reagan, Thomas by uh, George H.W. Bush and Roberts, and Alito by the wanker George W. Bush. They have a 6-3 margin on the Supreme Court. Look for more of these rulings in the future. It's a catastrophe, and uh, I don't know what kind of Kool-Aid these guys are drinking. Well, not the good kind, that's for sure. <laughs> I think that might be a cut with strychnine. Well, we are, uh, of course, a little surprised by the developments in Afghanistan, and we're nearly out of time, so I'll have to talk about this later. But over the last week, we had 
uh, pretty substantial bombing in Kabul. We had uh, skirmishing on the uh, Pakistani-Afghani border. And now the word from General Stanley McChrystal is that the real plan is to get to a point where we can power share with the Taliban. That's a new 